Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. And welcome to week four in our series entitled 10. Uh, By the end of this series, our goal is that you would have a better picture of God's love as revealed in the Ten Commandments, which result in life as He originally intended, as we learn to love and obey Him. As we explore what God's Word says about the Ten Commandments, I'd like us to focus specifically on this word, commandment. What is the root word of commandment? Yes, command. Theologians will tell you that the first time a word is used in the Bible, that verse is significant because it reveals something special about the spirit and the heart of that word. And the very first time that the word command is found in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And so we're going to read that as we do. Uh, just realize it's the very first time it appears in the Bible. So take special note about how it's used. Genesis 2.16, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free. You're free. In other words, he's saying, I trust you. That's what relationship is all about, right? Notice he didn't say, don't play video games. He didn't say, don't drink. He didn't say, don't smoke. He said, you're free. You're free to do what? He said, you're free to eat. Now, how many of you like this commandment thing a little better now? (laughs) You're free. It's all about freedom. But you know, we lost our freedom from the knowledge of evil. And ever since then, everything that God does is for the purpose of restoring us back to his original design, which is to be free. And so keep that in mind as we go through this series, and specifically as we look at the fourth commandment. We find it in Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I have a question for you. What is the purpose of the Sabbath? What is the purpose of the Sabbath? Is it just to rest? The answer is in understanding why God himself rested on the seventh day. So why in the world did God rest on the seventh day? Was he exhausted after creating vast oceans teeming with life? Was it lifting the mountains that got him out of breath? Was it the galaxies of the universe that did him in? What was it? You know, part of the difficulty in answering the question is we try to understand God based on our experience. You know, when my kids were little, they said, Dad, 
We're going to stay up all night. I said, really? I said, okay, go ahead. I didn't need to make bedtime an issue because I already knew what was going to happen. We stay up until we're exhausted, and then we fall asleep. The prophet Isaiah said, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. God didn't rest because he was tired. God rested because he wanted to enjoy creation. He wanted to sit back and enjoy creation. Did you know rest and enjoyment go together? They do. You can't have one without the other. If you're not enjoying your marriage, you're not rested. If you're not enjoying your job, if you're here today in church and you're not enjoying this, you're not getting refreshed. If you didn't enjoy your sleep last night, you didn't get rested. To rest is to enjoy, and to enjoy is to rest. And the more you rest, the more you enjoy, the more you enjoy, the more you rest. You know the interesting thing about God resting on the seventh day? You have to think about this from Adam's perspective. Think about it for a moment. What was his experience? What day did God create Adam? Didn't create him on the first day. Didn't create him on the second day. Didn't create him on the third day. He didn't create Adam on the fourth or the fifth day. He created man on the sixth day. So think about that for a moment. From Adam's perspective, what was his experience? He was created on the sixth day, and then it was completed. And his first sunrise that he woke up to, what did he see? He didn't see God. I'll tell you what he didn't see. He didn't see God working. He saw God resting, enjoying creation in a relationship with him. That is the picture of the very first Sabbath. That's the picture of the very first Sabbath. Do you remember when you were in love and you would just spend extended time together just talking and enjoying each other's presence. Remember that? If you don't remember, ask Chloe and Ryan. For those of you who don't know, Chloe and Ryan just got married yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, if you see them, congratulate them. (laughs) Beautiful wedding. You know, my wife and I, when, when we first met, we knew each other for about two years before we got married. And uh, one summer, we went to the International School of Theology in Colorado at CSU in um, Fort Collins, about an hour north of Denver. And on the weekends, we would go with the group up into the Colorado Rockies to Estes Park, and it is just beautiful. And we would walk and talk for hours. And we would enjoy creation and the mountains and the evergreen trees and the streams and the lakes. It was just a, it was a great time. We'd be there all day. We'd come back at the end of the day. We were just so tired, but it was a good tired. And we couldn't wait to get up and talk again the next day. Remember what that was like? 
after we got married, I found out she hates hiking. <laughs> and now she says, I talk too much. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just, I don't know, you older couples might relate. I mean, after being married for 25 years, she's like, sweetheart, I love you, but I've heard that story like a thousand times. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but what's the point? The point is, spending time with God in the Sabbath, it's all about relationship. It's all about love. God's not interested in do's and don'ts and religiosity. He's not after your calendar. He's after your heart. That's what the Sabbath is all about. And everything that I'm sharing is just to paint a picture for you of what's behind the Ten Commandments. What's behind the Sabbath? What's the spirit of it? It's all about a loving relationship with our Father. You know, my wife and I, on my day off, we like to go to the beach. And we just get out our beach chairs and we sit there. We have this favorite spot. Nobody goes there. I won't tell you where it is. Otherwise, it won't be our spot anymore. <laughs> but we go there and we just chill out all day long and we bring some snacks and a good book and the Bible or something about God and we're just enjoying being in each other's presence. And I don't talk so much anymore. <laughs> and we just hold hands and we just enjoy being in each other's presence being with God and just enjoying nature and the beautiful ocean and the horizon that we have and the fresh air and the clear skies. I love sunsets. I mean, we have some of the greatest sunsets here on Guam. Just beautiful. And if you're not taking advantage of what we have here, you're missing out. I mean, every night, especially this time of the year, I call it the evening show. And God just puts on some of the most amazing evening shows you have ever seen any place in the world. But the whole point, it's about taking time, taking a day, just to be together, to be with each other. So all of that is a picture of the very first Sabbath and, and God's heart. It's a picture of God's heart and, and what He wants. It's not just a commandment. There's, there's a relationship there. And so having set that in place the heart and the spirit behind it. I want to talk about putting it into practice. And this part's going to be more challenging for us. It's going to be a little hard because the truth is most of us don't practice a Sabbath. God's always there. He's always loving. He's always available. He's faithful. He wants to spend time with us. He loves to talk. He loves to listen. Question is, are we? Because for us, we're just in a different place. I mean, we have fears, we have doubts, we have hurts, and so we have our guard up. Sometimes we're just self-focused or maybe outright rebellious. We got issues. And all of that gets in the way of our relationship with God. You know, the story that I think describes mankind so well is found in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. And it talks about the people of Israel, and it's all in the context of the Sabbath. I want to encourage you to read it. I'm not going to read both chapters. 
you know, today. It would take too much time. But I encourage you to go back and read Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. It's all about the Sabbath. I'm just going to give you a summary of what the writer of Hebrews is saying in chapters 3 and 4. He talks about the people of Israel, and they had an amazing experience. There was never a generation that saw signs and wonders in the hand of God like the people who were delivered out of Egypt. I mean, they saw 10 plagues that God used to get them free from a superpower of the day. And if that wasn't enough, they came back with whatever military strength they had left, and God put the nail in the coffin when they all got buried in the Red Sea. Pharaoh and all of his army and his mighty chariots. They witnessed all of that. And they were traveling through the desert, and they had the pillar of fire by night. They had the cloud by day. They had manna every morning. And imagine traveling in a a desert for 40 years and having enough water for a million people. Amazing. God was faithful to provide for their needs. And yet there was more. There was abundance that God wanted for them. He wanted to take them into the promised land. There was more for them. But many of them were afraid. They were fearful. They thought, you know, (laughs) this promised land, that stuff sounds good, but uh, they didn't realize we're going to have to fight for it. There'll be giants. But they they didn't realize that God would anoint their fighters, their warriors. God would give them strategy. God would cause walls of cities to fall down. God would put the fear of the enemy in their hearts that would give them the victory. They would have a divine advantage, but they would still have to fight. But they were afraid to do it, and they didn't go into the promised land, not in their generation. But God wanted it for them. There was so much blessing for them, like Armin was talking about earlier, There's so much blessing that God wants to give. It pains him not to be able to give it. But we have to enter into it by faith. The writer of Hebrews uses that whole story to say that there is a rest for the people of God to enter into. Just imagine if you get to a place where there's provision and there's abundance, you would rest. You would be at rest in your heart. And that's what God wants for us. He wants to be able to meet your needs abundantly. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Abundant peace, abundant joy, abundant provision. It's there for you. But we have to be willing to enter into it by faith. There is is a degree to which you have to live by faith in order to take a day with God each week. Because we have so many demands calling for our time and attention, don't we? Isn't it difficult to take an entire day off and trust that everything else is going to get taken care of? The laundry, the kids, the homework, the car repair. I mean, there's just, it's all calling for our attention. That extra work that I didn't get done on Friday, that's going to be due on Monday, All of this is pressing on us, and it's demanding us. It's demanding our time and attention. And it takes faith to be able to know that when you put God first, everything else that you still have to do will be blessed. 
it will be blessed. It will be blessed. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. He said in Hebrews 11.6, he said, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Amen? He is a rewarder of those who seek him. I promise you, you can test God in this. Put God first and do an experiment. I'll call it a 30-day experiment for the next 30 days. Once a week, test God and see. Put him first. Take a day set aside to be with, to rest and to be with God and see what happens with the rest of your week. Just watch and see. It's, there's something you cannot explain with logic. You cannot explain it. You can't put a timeline to it. You can't put a calculator to it. It's called the blessing. There's, there's a mystery in it, in your relationship with God. But when you put him first, you experience his blessing on your life, on your health, on your finances, on your calendar, on your kids, on your belongings. You know, Scripture says, the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years and their shoes did not wear out. Amazing. Just an example of what God can do. You can apply that however it may relate to you in your life. <laughs> God is good, amen? amen? The challenge for us today the challenge for us is to respond to the invitation. You know, it's written as a commandment, but the heart behind it, because God has given us free will, it's an invitation to enter in to a rest that is by faith. And when you do, there's a blessing that you cannot explain other than God is good and he's given us his favor. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for this amazing invitation of a relationship with you to experience your goodness and your kindness and your favor. Father, would you help us to trust you in the midst of all the demands that we face in life. God, help us to lay those things down, lay them aside, and to put you first. God, would you restore our hearts back to our first love and help us get to that place, God, where spending time with you is natural. It's something we want to do. God, would you work it out in us? Father, would you draw us to yourself? If you would just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to give you some time just to do some personal business with God. As you've been listening to the word, I invite you just to ask the Spirit of God, Lord, what are you saying to me? How are you speaking to me personally today? How is it that you would have me respond? just want to give you a, a moment there to do business with God.
We're just going to take our time. That's what the Sabbath is about. Just being in his presence. Talking to him, letting him speak to us. Being refreshed. Being refreshed in his love. Just turn your heart to God. Just be there. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to talk to another group in this room today. There may be some of you here that, as you're listening to me talk about having a relationship with God, you're realizing that's an area in your life that you would like to develop. You too would like to experience God. And if you've never made a a conscious choice to invite God into your life, if you've never made a formal decision to say yes, God, I'm opening up my life to you and I invite you to come in, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's very simple. You simply have to make a decision. And you have to express that decision to God. That's what we call prayer. And so we'll pray in a moment. The way it'll work is I'll pray out loud. You just pray along with me. God will hear you. Father God, I come before you today because I realize you've been getting my attention. Lord, somehow I sense that you're present. You're trying to say things to me. Lord, and that's why I'm here today. I sense your activity in my life. There is a hunger. There is a desire. And God, today I'm making a choice. Making a choice to open up my life, my mind, my heart. And I invite you to come into my life by your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for Jesus, for his life, his death, his resurrection for the salvation that he offers for the forgiveness of my sins. Lord, you know there's many things I've done that have been hurtful to me, to others. God, I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done, especially those things that have hindered my relationship with you, God. I ask you to forgive me. I just take a moment by faith to receive your spirit, to receive your forgiveness, and ask you to cleanse my life. God, I ask that you would give me a new start. Lord, that you would make me the kind of person you want me to be and that you would show me how to live. Lord, show me your way. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.